Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Is there any scenario in which the president would select his vice president, Kamala Harris, for the Supreme Court? Again, I'm not going to speak to uh, any considerations, preparations, lists. Um, and as we've stated earlier, and you heard the president say, uh, it is there's a long history of Supreme Court justices determining when uh, they may retire, if they retire, and announcing that. Uh, and we're going to, uh, that remains the case today. So that conversation started pretty quickly yesterday when uh, it broke that Justice Breyer is retiring from the Supreme Court. The oldest member of the liberal wing stepping down will be replaced by another liberal, so it's not going to change the balance of power in the Supreme Court. But uh, President Biden, as a candidate, had promised uh, nominating a black woman. And very quickly, the conversation went to, well, how about Kamala Harris. She was the Attorney General of California. She's a black woman. The and this is all. This is all. This is this part's not speculation. This part is true. According to all kinds of reporting in Politico and Washington Post and all over, behind the scenes, the powerful in the Democratic Party are scared to death of going into twenty four with a Biden Harris ticket. Either one of them. Or if Joe Biden, for some reason, can't run, do you turn to your vice president, which would be the logical thing to do? She is so far underwater and nobody likes her, including Democrats. And this is a chance to move her out of that slot and put somebody in there that would be a much better choice for 2024. Um, Bill Kristol, anti-Trumper who started the ran the Weekly Standard for years, but now is on MSNBC all the time. Uh, he tweeted this out yesterday. It's very straightforward from here, he said. On June 30th, the court overturns Roe. On July 1st, Breyer resigns, says court needs aggressive progressive justices. July 4th, Biden picks Harris for the court. <laughs> July 5th, Biden picks Romney as vice president. <sighs> Wait, S- what? Says national unity is needed for a world crisis. And in the fall, progressives are energized by the bitter Senate fight to confirm Harris and fierce state legislative battles over choice. Centrists are reassured by the competent Biden-Romney national unity government, and Democrats have the best midterm for a party in power since 1934. When did Bill Kristol start smoking toad venom? Well, I saw this come up a whole bunch of different places, and I didn't like, who's, uh, did he start this? I did the whole, the whole Romney, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That seems wow. way out there to me. Wow, I'd say. I just, I love it on on so many different levels. Number one, and I have followed Kamala Harris's career for a long time. Ain't nobody ever suggested she's a brilliant legal mind, okay? Deserving of a look on the Supreme Court ever, ever. It was a debate. It was called a debate. The only reason this is coming up is she's such a humiliating debacle as vice president, they need to get rid of her. And the idea that you would toss your garbage out and have it land on the Supreme Court bench to clear the vice presidency is a truly hilarious indictment of her service as the second in command. I took in a fair number of serious political podcasts, and I'll admit they all came from the right they were all right-leaning podcasts they were discussing it seriously the idea of kamala harris i don't know if anybody on the left is discussing it seriously of moving the vice president in because you know you can you can easily spin it so it's not an embarrassment from for her i go ahead and try i'll spin it back And listen, I'm not saying because I'm right, Jack's wrong. There are people talking about this. I personally find it hilarious. She would be the most uh, 
powerful black woman in our nation's history. She served as vice president of the United States and then the Supreme Court justice. She's far and away the most powerful black woman in our nation's history. I just broke news. (laughs) How would you not uh, be okay with that if you're Uh, her? Condi Condi Rice wants a word, but um, you're probably right. Uh, The idea that a mediocrity like uh, Kamala Harris would uh, be spoken of like that based on what? Please, somebody explain to me. Um, is just it's it's terrible. It just shows the extent to which identity politics and that sort of horse trading has become so dominant uh, in our our modern scene. It's just it's terrible. Joe Biden saying I'm going to nominate a black woman, so James Clyburn would endorse him in South Carolina. That was not a coincidence. Clyburn told him to say that, um, and, and uh, therefore uh, save his dying candidacy. It's just I don't know. It's just so naked. It's so ugly. Yeah, it's so it's so transactional, which we're used to with legislation and a whole bunch of other stuff in our government. But with the Supreme Court, we're not it's, we don't like it to be quite so uh, partisan and transactional. Yeah, and one point that's that's made usually from black conservatives, from uh, Jason Riley to Clarence Thomas to whomever is. A lot of the the gals who were mentioned yesterday during the breathless, uh, not breathless, breathless reporting of the, the top five candidates seem to be, and then they go through the list of names, and the fact that they all went to effing Harvard, um, because that's <laughs> that's uh, absolutely required. We can't have any legal minds from anywhere but Harvard, because we're stupid. We're, we're a simple people that wants an aristocracy. But anyway, uh, they went through all these gals' resumes, and Tucker Carlson actually pointed out that at every step of their career, the emphasis in all the media reporting was that they were the first black or how great it was to have a black woman, blah, blah, blah. And the emphasis was all on the color of their skin and not their achievements, not their brilliance, not their insights, not their sense of humor, nothing but the color of their skin. And, and, and and, And then the gal who does get nominated... How how can they escape the characterization that, well, you know, they cut out every other human being in the United States but black women? Sure. So that's why she's on the court. Sure. There's it's, no, it's terrible. There's no escaping that. And it's terrible if you're a brilliant legal person that might have actually been the choice if you took out the whole, you got to be a black woman to be on the court this time. Um, yeah, it's, it's certainly unfair to them, but no, of course it'll be looked at as you jumped over a whole bunch of other people that were as qualified or more qualified. Of course it gets looked at that way, which is one of the reasons the whole thing is so terrible. If, if you just nominate her, you don't promise it. And then you just nominate her. She has a lot better shot at getting the respect you deserve as a Supreme court justice. I'm going to ask myself a devil's advocate question in just a second, but real quickly, um, Oh, what was I going to say? Oh, oh, the idea, and this is more and more common in progressive circles, the idea that only a black woman can rule on a case involving a black woman fairly. Only a Hispanic man missing his little finger can rule on a case involving a Hispanic man having lost a finger. That is so ugly. You know, I think that's that's kind of a confession. Only somebody who is really prejudiced would assume that everybody else is that prejudiced. Know what I mean? Charles C.W. Cook tweeted out, Imagine a Supreme Court opinion that begins, It is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. Hmm. Yeah. Known as the everyday doctrine. <laughs> it is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that yes. time is every day. The, wow, that's the, a good point. See, I say nonsensical things all the time, 
But generally, like in Not the middle that of it, nonsensical. Or, or in the beginning of it, in the middle of it, or at the end of it, I know it was nonsensical. She just lays it out there with full confidence and then does that whole bopping head thing. Like, how do you like that? <laughs> what? Resist it is we, time for us to much. do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. So, yes. take a suck of that. <laughs> How's that and taste? What do you think of that, Biatches? So, before I move on to something else that I thought was great on the Supreme Court thing, what do you put the chances at? I mean, are you exploring this at all as even a possibility? One in three. Oh, don't buzz in (laughs) until the question is done. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Of uh, Biden moving Harris to the Supreme Court, nominating Uh, her. Practically none. Practically none? Okay. Yeah. It would be too human. It's so obvious. I'm telling you, even even some of the gals who who are on that short list, they've been judges for a couple of years in a, a higher court or something like that. They're not super seasoned, but they're very, very impressive people in a lot of ways. Kamala ain't. It would just be so obvious. But here's my devil's advocate question, because I believe everything I've been saying. But when um, uh, 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 I can picture Thurgood Marshall retired, and it was pretty clear that the president was going to replace him with a, a black person, an African-American person, and uh, and Clarence Thomas was the choice. I've got to tell you, in 100% honesty, I would have been very uncomfortable if they had, and this does this make me a hypocrite or not? Somebody tell me. Uh, if they had not appointed another black person to the bench, because an all-white bench just doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. I admit that. I admit it's not, pardon me, black and white. There are some nuances to this. But like so many questions, you know, that humans deal with, it's a question of degree. How far down that road are you willing to go before you've perverted your purpose? You're not serving your purpose. You're serving a different purpose. Well, I was listening to some history of the Supreme Court, and before we got into the color of skin, when it was just kind of guaranteed that it was going to be an all-white Supreme Court, which is what it was for most of our history, or almost all white Supreme Court, um, there was the Jewish seat. You had to have at least one Jewish Supreme Court justice to represent uh, the Jewish population. And if, if, uh, if, if that Jewish person was going to step down, it was just kind of assumed you got to replace that person with another Jewish person. So, you know, we've gone through various iterations of this over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, do I have time for this interesting thread? I'll jam it in. I thought, huh. I thought this was pretty good. Just so you don't have to figure it out as you're driving in your car, this is uh, this is kind of poking fun at and reminding everybody about the Kavanaugh nomination and how that one of the ugliest chapters in our nation's history occurred. Uh, this is around Kamala Harris being nominated. Somebody tweeted. I was sexually assaulted by Kamala Harris. Then somebody else joined in with, a, I will not be taking questions at this time, but my lawyer will hold an invitation-only press conference later this week. And then a follow-up of, credible allegation, would you be willing to testify if we transport you without the need to fly? Going down that road of the whole thing. Remember that Stanford woman that came out and just like, you, you, all your friends say you're crazy, but we're going to fly you out to Washington, D.C. because they're afraid to fly or something like that and, and let you spout things that you can't back up in any way whatsoever and fall apart at the first push. But go ahead and claim that this nominee was a gang rapist and take it seriously all day long. Right, with absolutely no backup from anywhere. And then the anonymous boat assault from Connecticut that was reported by virtually all of American media. Horrible. I hope we're not going to enter another chapter like that at all. 
Well, no, because the lefties own the media, so it can't happen. It uh, shouldn't happen anyway, but it won't. A voice from your childhood has passed, among other things that we can talk about on the way. Stay here. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. How would you like to be the director of our Christmas play? Me? You want me to be the director of the Christmas play? Sure, Charlie Brown. We need a director. You need involvement. I don't know anything about directing a Christmas play. Don't worry. I'll be there to help you. I'll meet you at the auditorium. Wow, a Charlie Brown Christmas is from 1965, so you got to be pretty old to have watched that when it was new. I watched it when it was... You know, it had been around for a long time when I was a kid, and, and my kids have watched the Charlie Brown stuff. I was just, uh, while I heard that, I was like, was it just nostalgia that was making me feel this way, or the pace of it? God, that pace is so much better for humanity than the pace oh. of the stuff my kids take in. Flashbang, zoom, zoom, cut, 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 flashbang. Yeah, I agree. And, it, God, it was so sweet, although uh, rather formal children that addressed each other with first name and last Will you be our director, Charlie Brown? <laughs> I've known you for years. Why are you? Why are you calling me that? <laughs> was that uh, Violet? What a sweet kid she was. Violet, I don't kind. Know. I believe that was Sally. Yeah, I think it was Sally. Sally. Yeah, Sally, was which fun. is his sister, right? Uh, yeah, that's right. And they raised themselves, no parents, which is well, they had a muted trombone for a parent, which is <laughs> odd. Um, so. Wah, wah, wah. That voice of Charlie Brown, Peter Robbins, has uh, died. He was a California guy, San Diego guy, actually. Began voicing Charlie Brown at the age of nine and did several of the most well-known Charlie Brown specials, Charlie Brown Christmas, The Great Pumpkin, etc. Guy had a, a, a rough life, though. Old Peter Robbins, the voice of Charlie Brown, the way a lot of child stars do. Mm. I don't know what goes with child being a child star. In 2013, he pled guilty to threatening and stalking both his ex-girlfriend and a plastic surgeon who had given her breast enhancements that he paid for. For instance, this is a long list of things that had happened. Wow, stalking the gal and the surgeon. And the surgeon who gave the breast implants to your ex-girlfriend, but you paid for it. Oh, golly. He spent time behind bars for making criminal threats to a San Diego sheriff, etc., etc. But, you know, child stars. It happens. Sorry to hear that. Wow. I kind of wish I hadn't heard that. The voice of Chuck Brown. Well, it's, that, just, that just ruined like oh, a childhood not. treasure. It did not. I can never see it again and enjoy it. Really? Even the part with the, the, the Jesus at the end, the, the Charlie Brown Christmas, where they actually recognize that, oh, it's about Christianity. Oh, you used to be able to do that. If you can't watch anything where the child star went on to have a, a, a rough life, you're not going to be able to watch a lot of stuff. I mean, pr- pretty much nothing with a kid in it, unless it's Ron Howard or Macaulay Culkin. Fair point. Fair, and Macaulay Culkin, barely. He's bounced back nicely. Had a dark period. As we go behind the music. <laughs> Actually, we don't. You know, uh, golly gee, is it uh, out of bounds to make uh, Charlie Brown was always depressed? I mean, the fact that he's... uh, Did you mention that he took his own life? I didn't. I I wasn't going to, but I guess you uh, felt the need to take this even darker. 
Well, Make it impossible it, it for any of us is. to enjoy the Great Pumpkin ever again. Wow, you, you got a good point. I'll tell that when I'm watching with the kids next to uh, oh, the geez, next Halloween. Right. <laughs> hey, interesting fun fact: you want to know something interesting about the Charlie Brown voice? Yeah, you know, in uh, in the legal community, the judge would say, "Joe, you open the door for this," and he would be right. Or she, she, a judge can be a girl. I'm sorry. Oh, speaking of football and yanking footballs out from Charlie Brown, I'm sorry. I was thinking about that and. That's probably why I was so angry through the years. Um, the Wall Street Journal has done a, a, a profile, a big story of about Kansas City Chiefs fans who turned off the miracle game with 13 seconds left. Really? After the Buffalo Buffalo Bills scored, they said, oh, to hell with this. The Chiefs suck. I'm tired of them losing that big one. And clicked off their TV. You're a bad fan. That's what I'm saying. Had you been watching Patrick Mahomes over the years, and all you needed was a field goal? Come on. A couple of tosses, and you're there. And that's what happened. Yeah, they're talking about this one guy. He he turns it off in disgust. He wakes up the next morning, flips on the news. Well, he thought this TV station got this totally wrong. Well, you're an idiot. (laughs) <laughs> you are an idiot. Right. You you suck. You're a bad fan, especially of Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs. Are you kidding me? Wow. I can't believe that. You suck. Boo. <laughs> I'd like to throw my beer on him. But he's in Kansas City, and I have no beer. Uh, more on the whole Reddit forum about the anti-work crowd, which unfortunately is gaining momentum in America, the anti-work crowd. I'll tell you about that coming up. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I don't understand really what this is about, except it sounds like maybe people are just being lazy. Are you encouraging people to be lazy? Um, so I think laziness is um, a virtue in a society where people constantly want you to be productive 24-7, and it's good to have rest. Um, that doesn't mean you should be resting all the time or not putting effort into things that you care about. What do, what do you call that when uh, you, 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 you posit somebody else's position as, uh, as something that's way further than what you're saying? I think there's a Latin phrase, but it's a straw man. You're creating a straw man than bravely beating it up. It's, it's a position nobody holds. Anyway, we were talking about this yesterday, the anti-work Reddit thread that I had come across just kind of accidentally um, and then grabbed several posts from that were just amazing. There are 1.7 million people on the anti-work Reddit thread, and it fits in with other stuff we've been talking about over the last several weeks, both from 60 Minutes in the Wall Street Journal and other places, about this move toward um, either just deciding, you know, work is, I don't think the whole work thing is for me. <laughs> Which is hilarious, really, when you it think about when I say it. When I say it out loud, or uh, on, only if I can find a job that makes my heart sing, or you shouldn't have to do demeaning labor, better to not work at all. And the fact that we no longer um, stigmatize idleness. Well, you just, that, that person just, you know, they haven't found the job that they enjoy yet. So that's why they continue to take money from the government or live with their parents or whatever. But anyway, so uh, Jesse Waters on Fox got on this person from the anti work subreddit to speak about it. Here's a little explanation of maybe some of the misconceptions around the thread. So there's some misconceptions about the movement. Um, so, we're a movement where we want to reduce 
the amount of work that people feel like they they're forced to to do um and so we want to still put in effort we want to put in labor um but we don't want to necessarily uh be in a position where we feel trapped you know um you just quoted from office space where that person feels very trapped in their job i think we're calling for a society where there's less of that um but yeah absolutely people still want to do things they just want to do things where they feel rewarded and they feel like they're in a good spot in their life uh and that their job respects them and stuff like that hmm. so uh how many of you listen right now got a job that uh, you feel like you're respected and rewarded and it, it just makes your heart sing or even if you got one of those jobs now how about other jobs when you were younger how many of those were you really rewarded for your efforts and felt respected I got several jobs where I was treated like the Uyghurs in China. Oof. Uh, um, yeah. So uh, here's a different way to put it. Um, and and I, I address this even to folks working fabulous jobs, their dream jobs, making a lot of money, whatever. I happen to have something close to my dream job, and I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful for it. Will they hang on to you a second after you're not worth the trouble anymore? The second after you're not paying for yourself, you know, that's that's the bargain you strike with the world. At, at the moment, you're not bringing the value that you're demanding. You're gone. Can you play that again? Just the, like the first sentence I found uh, odd. So there's some misconceptions about the movement. Um, so we're a movement where we want to reduce the amount of work that people feel like they f- they're forced to, to do. Okay, um, we want to reduce... The, the amount of work that people feel like they're forced to do. That's all work, practically. That's that's an idiot child spouting nonsense. Right. That's what that is. Pretty much everybody is getting up and going to work today because they have to. Or certainly a lot of days. There are days, even if you like your job, there's lots of days you'd rather, if you had your choice, you'd skip today. But you go because you're forced to. That's just reality. Like I said yesterday, it's like being angry at baldness or gravity or... or or death and taxes. I mean, just things that are part of the human condition. It, it seems as crazy as objecting to the fact that you have to pause once in a while to relieve yourself. This is such a waste of time. It's so stupid. I hate it. What are you talking about? It's a condition of being an animal, of being human. Feeding yourself is a different one. Bye bye. Got this email. Chock full of great... Uh, did you, we want to run any more of those uh, clips? Uh, I'm kind of digging what the guy has to say. <laughs> sure. I'm, I'm fine with it. I we got a great email about it, but go ahead. I think Jesse gets into him a little bit here. The what do you think is like a work. good work day? How many hours is, is you know, a solid work day in, in your ideal right. society? Uh... Sure. I mean, I think as much as people want. I mean, I personally uh, work. I have I have like a 20, 25 hour work weeks, which I think is fairly good. Um, so I would like less work hours. Um, and what I do you do, Doreen? Feel, uh, I'm a dog walker. A dog walker. OK. Yes. <laughs> OK. I want to hear a little more from this guy and then comment. Go ahead. And how? Uh, yeah. So how I old are you? If you don't mind me asking. Sure. I'm 30. You're 30. OK. And is there something you want to do besides being a dog walker? Do you aspire to do anything more than dog walking? Or is that kind of your, your pinnacle? Uh, I, I love working with dogs. If I had to do this for the rest of my life, you know, I wouldn't be super complaining. You know, dogs are wonderful animals. Uh, but I'm, I would love to teach. Uh, I would love to um, you teach. Know, uh, work, with, work with people and well, stuff like that. What would that. you yeah. teach, Doreen? Uh, 
a philosophy mostly. Philosophy. Just philosophy, <laughs> critical thinking, reason, stuff like that. Oh boy, critical Ding. thinking and reasoning. Uh, uh, so my question would have been to the guy, and maybe Jesse Waters got into this later, is how much are you making? I mean, because it's almost impossible that he's a 30-year-old dog walker who works 20 hours a week, and he isn't either getting supported by a government check He's either being supported by a taxpayer or mommy and daddy. Guaranteed. There's no way he's supporting himself as a dog walker on 20 hours a week. Or he has lots of roommates and lives an incredibly austere lifestyle, but he didn't mention that. But the first part of uh, how many hours a day should people work? Well, as many as they want to. Okay. All right. I'm talking with a child. Why am I I continuing to have this conversation? Right. Right. So this is kind of tangential, but I thought it was really interesting. A nice note from Ben. Um, guys, anti-work has been on my radar for a while. In my opinion, it's a mix of young people either in starter jobs or not working, mostly still in school, and a minority of actual socialists. Most posts on anti-work are sharing ridiculous work policies or epic quit stories. Like all things on Reddit, it's 70% completely made up, 25% embellished real stories, and 5% actual stories. Just enough to be believable. Who doesn't love a great quit story? Well, even if they're real, um, even if they're all real, some of it just reminded me of when I was, you know, early 20s, and we're all at the bar, and we're all working crappy jobs, making no money, bitching about it. I mean, and I get that. So it's just a online version of bitching about your crappy job because you're 21 years old, and you're being treated like a 21-year-old. If that were all it was, Jack, that would just be cute. But it's something much more insidious than that, which we'll reveal after a quick word from our friends at Simply Safe. I love it when you use that voice. Oh, yeah. I missed my calling. I get like those old-timey, like the Lone Ranger radio shows or something. I was born too late. If that's, that's all it were, Jack. Will Tonto escape the clutches of the uh, of the Wranglers? Find out after this word from Wonder Bread. Actually, it's from Simply Safe Home Security, giving you 20% off their award-winning home security. Your first month is free when you sign up for the interactive monitoring service, which you're going to want to do. Uh, yeah, so how good is Simply Safe? Well, it was the best home security system of 2021, according to U.S. News and World Report and some other publications, so it's really, really good. Uh, you can set it up yourself in about 30 minutes. You go to the website, you customize it for your home, and they'll give you free custom recommendations if you want. And as a matter of fact, they'll help you set it up, too, with lots of great online home uh, help. You set it up yourself. No long-term contracts. Other security systems, you're locked in for a year or two, whether you like it or not, whether you use it or not, whether you move, whatever. Nope, no long-term contracts and commitments with Simply Safe. So uh, go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong, get that 20% off. These high-def indoor and outdoor cameras, any scumbag ever comes on your property, you're going to see their face, you're going to see their license plate. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Again, first month of monitoring is free when you sign up for that. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Where was Will I? Will Tonto escape the clutches of Andrew Jackson? <laughs> wow. Wow, you know what? I salute you. That was beautifully crafted. Bit of a mood wrecker, but kind of. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I'm escorted out of most parties. Yes, yes. He's talking about the elimination of the Indians again. Let's oh, get him out of here. God, Jack, it's a Christmas party. <laughs> oh, We're trying to sing carols. Oh, Stop bringing up tragedy oh my gosh uh, anyway, ba- pierce has no place at my christmas party wow back to ben's email about reddit um i think the anti-work community 
I, I think the community is using the anti-work idea to consolidate low-wage workers into the socialist movement. It works well convincing mm. people of a class war with a classic us-versus-them tribalism. Not working is a method to break capitalism. Socialists blame capitalism for low wages. By the way, capitalism is a term I don't use much and I want to never use, but we'll get back to that in a second. Um Socialists blame capitalism for low wages and want to bring young workers along for the revolution. Anti-work philosophy is easier to accept than government socialism. It's like their gateway drug. Convince them work is bad, get them to quit, then the only way to survive is to adopt the socialist ideology. A different thought, I feel the capitalism versus socialism discussion is wrong. Capitalism isn't some system designed with a purpose like socialism. It's the natural state. Now you're on to it, my lad. Trade will always exist regardless of restrictions. Capitalism was not invented, but rather is the natural behavior of people. They do not need to be free for trade. Government can only restrict trade, but can never truly and freely exchange. Even in a pure socialist dictatorship, trade will occur. Um, da, 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 da. Then he points out, finally, Reddit's also partially owned by the Chinese company Tencent. It is flooded with fake accounts and bots. Makes it hard to draw real conclusions about how people feel. Any political post with any ideology on Reddit is the ultimate echo chamber. There are just way more left communities than other ideologies. Unlike Twitter, the comments are great and usually funny. Remember to sort by controversial to get the real hot takes. Oh, really? Um, I, I, haven't, I haven't done that. I'm new to, to Reddit. Okay, cool. I'll have to do that. Sort by controversial. Then, uh, I love this, Ben signs off on his rather lengthy email. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Ben. Great note, brother. It's appreciated. So, okay, well, that's that's true. It uh, it could easily grow into something more than just us young people with crappy jobs sitting around the bar bitching about our boss. If 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 you get millions of people believing their own crap that there's some unicorn system out there where you do get to decide how many hours you work a week and only work a job that makes your heart sing if you actually believe that's possible you could end up with a revolution on your hands i mean you know if you get uh if you get overthrown by people whose new plan doesn't make any sense you're still you know your head's still on a pike right you're still overthrown uh, you know there are just so many examples of this and i could list them but meh. uh human beings can be convinced of anything if it serves their self-interest or their purpose or their laziness or, or what have you. There is no depth to the stupidity of ideas that human beings can adapt, which is why Homo sapiens, my least favorite species. How many hours a week do you think you should work? Or a day? A day? Uh, how, however many I, I want to. What? Go ahead. I'll give you as much time as you want craft the system that's going to allow this. Congratulations, you've invented something entirely new in the history of humanity. <laughs> that idea. It's not easy to do. I congratulate you. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, speaking of uh, children who don't know much, the lefty media is aghast at a giant new study of pre-K education. Your uh, early childhood education that now the government is financing up and down and making it practically obligatory. Jack, you're never going to guess what this new study shows. I've been saying this for years. And also, if you like whiny, high-voiced Canadian folk singers, especially if they're old, and you get them on Spotify, I have bad news for you. Oh, no. Yeah. All that on the way. Armstrong and Getty. 
The Armstrong and Getty Show. If you are looking to stream some rock music on Spotify today, one artist will be missing from your catalog. The platform has pulled Neil Young's music after he demanded that Spotify choose between him and podcast host Joe Rogan. Young accuses Rogan of spreading misinformation about COVID and vaccines. Spotify says it regrets Young's decision and hopes to welcome him back soon. It was ne- what the hell? What the hell? I uh, I don't look to songwriters for epidemiology. I don't look to epidemiologists for songs. So Neil, you do what you want. And I would say you don't wouldn't shouldn't necessarily look to your podcast host for uh, this sort of stuff. Listen to it. Say, that sounds right, or the expert he has on sounds convincing, or whatever. <laughs> and then go on with your life, figure it out. Neil Young, for all his skill at crafting plaintive folk uh, ditties, uh, doesn't think you can be trusted with that. So, okay, fine. So Still love him as a songwriter. Uh, hey, Don't care you, what he thinks about disease. Have you heard any version of this story in which Neil Young says which particular Joe Rogan thing he considers misinformation? Cause, no. Okay. Because I haven't either, and it seems to me, I, I don't listen to Joe Rogan because I got this job, um, busy doing this, but um, I haven't heard anything other than presenting a whole bunch of different points of view. He's talked to a couple of folks at length and repeatedly who I think are crackpots. Okay. Um, but, you know, I, again, if you disagree, that's fine. But if he's talking about the ivermectin thing, well, then Neil Young's just wrong about that. Yeah, he, he's gotten into all sorts of different things, but uh, so it's it's hard to say for sure. You know, it's funny, we'll occasionally bring this up. Um, uh, we get emails all the time, texts, that sort of thing, where people say, "I listen, I agree with you guys 90% of the time. Um, how weird would it be if you agreed with somebody 100% of the time? Think about, like, in real life, I mean, like a friend, your spouse, your coworker. I mean, you just never, ever disagreed with them. That'd be weird, <laughs> you know? I'd think they were, like, stalking me or trying to get into my bank accounts or something like right. that. Um, anyway, so that's fine. If you disagree with us, sometimes it's healthy. It's great. It's good. Good for you. Think independently. Uh, speaking of which, this has nothing to do with politics. This has to do with love of children and concern for their little hearts and souls. <sighs> Part of the big, giant, build-back Bolshevik plan and various other giant government plans in the last couple of years have been insisting on pre-K, Government-funded pre-kindergarten, early childhood education, call it what you want. It's really child care for little kids. Um, <clears throat> but this shocked me. Yahoo News is uh, is very left. I, don't, it, I, 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 I disagree with call it what you want because it's another one of those that you're always talking about, this how the left wins these word games all the time. And fair they, enough. They labeled it pre-K, so the barely paying attention populist thinks, oh, it's another uh, layer of school, and I'm for that in kindergarten and education, so I'm for it. And it's not that at all. There's nothing backing up the fact that it's adding to education. It's just government-provided health care for more people, uh, uh, child care for more people. Back to you. So, this uh, the Yahoo News, which is lefty, it is notable and somewhat surprising that they have published this story, but a major university study of Tennessee pre-K kids uh, for a couple of years, recently published by the American Psychological Association, stated unequivocally that 
Children who attended a state-funded pre-K program are doing worse than their peers who received other methods methods of education, a new study found. Fitting in with a bunch of old studies, by the way, that have been around forever, and the freaking lazy media never looks into it. They just constantly parrot the whole pre-K is good crap when there's right. no evidence to back that up. It's not only neutral. If it was neutral, I'd be against it. It's wealth redistribution. If it was neutral, I'd be against it, but it's worse than neutral. It actually damages kids. The piles of data on this are mountainous and practically unanimous. I only say practically because, heck, there could be something out there I haven't seen. But everything I've seen has been unanimous that it is bad for kids. The multi-year study on thousands of children... Uh, found that those students who did the pre-K thing were worse off than their peers by the time the sixth grade concluded on academic achievement, discipline issues, and special education referrals. Data through sixth grade from state education records, I'm quoting from the study now, showed that the children randomly assigned had uh, to attend pre-K had lower state achievement test scores in third through sixth grades than control children, with the strongest negative effect in sixth grade. Any... The first part of the study described the findings as alarming. They said any positive from the pre-K was vanished, was erased by the end of kindergarten. The kindergarten kids caught up and were perfectly fine, equal to or passing. The kids who were prematurely thrust into institutional education. And we came within a vote of making that the law of the land for the rest of our lives with the Build Back Better. Friggin' frightening. If you miss an hour of the show, grab it on the podcast, armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty.